the 100 largest economies in the world by GDP, 69 are companies. As such, the business world has a massive influence on turning the tide in terms of our global goals on sustainability. This week, to contextualize the challenges ahead and analyze where leaders fit into this big picture issue, we're joined by an authority in this space, Marga Hoek. Marga is a member of the prestigious Thinkers 50 and an expert on sustainable business and capital. She recently held a masterclass for IMI on a new vision for sustainability. I started off my interview with Marga by asking about the role of the CEO in driving sustainable practices. So Marga, during your masterclass, one of the things that really stood out was your comments about CEOs having to be in effect, the chief sustainability officers of their organizations. So maybe for CEOs who are just starting on that path, would you be able to give some advice on how to kind of hit the ground running and make a really kind of positive start on that kind of initiative? Yeah, well, first let me explain the remark uh, and thanks for picking that out. By that, I mean that you can't have a CEO that's continuing business as usual, so to say, and leaving things to a chief sustainability officer. Because um, one of the things I highlighted during my masterclass is that it's key that you put the SDGs or sustainability or whatever you refer to uh, has to be at the heart of the company's strategy. So to achieve that, of course, it must be fully embraced by the CEO. And if the CEO is authentically mission-driven to achieve sustainable value with the company, then he makes use of an expert being the, uh, the sustainable um, staff leader or um, whatever we refer to that, that role, sustainability officer, because he can then leverage his uh, expertise but the drive uh, predominantly must come from uh, the CEO. That's absolutely crucial. In general, I think it's most important that the CEO is trusted. Um, you can claim whatever sustainable path, objectives, ambitions, but it's important that a CEO is trusted. For that, it's important that whatever CEO says or mentions is truthful and authentic he means it and he walks the talk. So in the first couple of months, that is most important to demonstrate that you're for real, so to say. And then the next thing is that if you say some things you find important that people see it executed and turned into facts rather than only words. I think in the first period of time, that's most important. Sustainability is definitely a top-down thing in an organization, something that has to be implemented from leadership level down. And businesses do have a massive sway and influence, as you outlined, on the global markets when it comes to sustainability. But if we go a bit further down in an organization to maybe the senior leadership team and even maybe to middle management, what's the kind of, I suppose, playbook for those leaders to exert their influence and begin the change process within their businesses? Well, let me first address the top-down issue. Yes, uh, I mean, the, the tone from the top is very important if you want to transform a company in any direction for that matter. But it's not only a top-down thing. Uh, we definitely need younger people. Um, I talked about um, young people being part of the millennial generation that are actually often ahead of older people. So you must make use of those young people. Uh, many companies now have young, young people, boards, uh, young professionals, uh, etc. 
And in a company, you need scale. So you need definitely everyone and everyone is equally important. I would like to stress that. For um, the middle management is often in a difficult position because on the one hand, they have the top management and on the other hand, they have you know, all the people that have to execute things. That is often a role that is rather underestimated. It's quite tough to be in that position. On the one hand, these people have to demand clear directions uh, from top management and that they are able to put whatever tactics they have to put in downstream in the organization within the context of a clear and understandable vision. That is important for them to do and to demand. So you need quite bold leaders at that level as well. And uh, for senior executives to keep on connecting things to that vision and to that dot on the horizon. What I often see is that there's some dot on the horizon and some where along the way throughout the organization, people tend to lose sight on that, uh, whereas everybody needs that to be able to, you know, connect uh, their personal purpose to the purpose of the company to what they do today. Uh, that must be in the light of the big picture. So that is also very important to, to connect so that everybody uh, aims for the direction in the same direction we need bold objectives. So if you talk about uh, that CEO again, it's very important that he has the ambition and the courage to set bold objectives. And all the examples I showed um, were examples of precisely that, because if you have a bold objective that is clear, like we want to achieve mission, uh, we want to achieve a positive impact on this, or we want to be net positive on that, or we want to have a mission zero, on resources or, or CO2 or whatever, um, if it's a very, very clear and bold objective, then it's much easier to get everybody throughout the organization, despite the level or role, aligned with that. And then it's important for management at whatever level to connect that bold objective to the meaning of what people do today. Because imagine uh, if you're in some department in a global company, for instance, it's important that you know that what you do matters for what the company in total wants to achieve. If you're an SME, equally so, but the distance is often long at a large multinational and then it's more important to connect the dots, so to say. And Margaret, one of the things that you mentioned in your masterclass as well, and you outlined some really great examples where some what you, what you could call front runner companies, uh, those companies that are doing things on sustainability that are delivering uh, an advantage for them. What are some of the strategies that these companies are using to deliver that advantage? Probably most important is that they uh, truthfully and authentically want to be a force for good. It, it starts there and it ends there, I think. That is the most important thing. They really want to do this. If you look at how they do it, that differs, but all of them put sustainability at the heart of the strategy. And all of them start with the global challenge and then reason back to their own organization. So they don't and that's a mindset shift, you know? You can think about, okay, what's my company doing? For instance, it's, it's, it's in the business of health, then it's very clear how you can relate to a global challenge, but that's not always that easy. But all these CEOs and all these companies really reason from, okay, what are the challenges in the world? How can our company contribute to that 
instead of vice versa. They did that. Another thing they all do is think from a business perspective. And that means that they think, okay, and we have to do it with uh, business solutions rather than saying, okay, uh, it will cost us a lot of money, for instance, but we'll do it because then uh, we are sustainable. So they don't approach it from a cost perspective, but they approach it from a business opportunity perspective and from a market perspective, thinking, okay, we do these things, new markets unlock, there's a business opportunity there, and there's an opportunity to grow. They all do it from a mission-driven perspective. So they really, really are um, want to be at speed in contributing to those world challenges by their business solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And it does seem that you know, there's definitely, obviously, there's a huge amount of momentum behind things like sustainable investments, you know, obviously divestment from fossil fuel investments, things like that. Um, and I suppose it's, yeah, it's interesting to look at the kind of longer term arc of this and see how it, how it pans out. And indeed, that's something that was discussed in depth at uh, COP26 in Glasgow, which was actually on um, of the week that you had your masterclass. And you know, according to, you know, many reports, it was regarded as yielding mixed results, you know, with the idea that much was done, but there's still a lot more to do. So I'm interested to get your opinion in general, I suppose, on what happened at COP26 and what difference some of the deals that were made will have on businesses. A couple of notes uh, on COP26. So one, you know, you have to look at the COPs in a trend on multiple years. You cannot say COP26 has to bring all this um, as being the only moment in time. I mean, these things cost several times. So I look at such a COP. Um, was it helpful? Did it bring us a step further? And do we have stuff to work with in the next COP? I'm as impatient as anybody else, but it is important to not pin us down on one year, but look at the trend multiple years. The second thing that stood out, uh, and yes, there were mixed results, but that stood out uh, was a signing on the wall, was that if you look at some years ago, you know, it was government pushing business. That was the trend. What you saw now, that that has really shifted into business pushing governments. And there's pros and cons to that, and you can have multiple opinions about that. But we should be aware that the, the, the power of business is huge. You know, if you look at uh, the global economies uh, from a GDP uh, standpoint, then 69 of the 100 largest economies are in fact corporates. So business has power. And if it leverages that power for good, that's a good thing. Another thing I saw at COP26 uh, and also over the last couple of weeks with the mission possible in the US, for instance, is business collaboration throughout verticals and horizontals, uh, throughout different sectors, and also in total systems and supply chains in sectors. So for instance, shipping and other mobility or construction and so forth. That is very powerful because solutions in the end have to be bankable and they have to be scalable. So I'm very happy to see that collaboration now really coming off the ground and the condition conviction, and Chad Holliday said that uh, very interestingly uh, in an interview recently, that a whole sector, all participants in a sector have to jump at the same time. 
So I think that is going to be very impactful because if sectors jump at the same time or all the parties in a sector jump at the same time, then of course the power to get policies, tax systems changed becomes much, much more strongly. Uh, where lie the challenges? That is, uh, definitions have to be the same all around. There's a lot of energy waste around uh, energy waste in terms of uh, commitments of people. I mean, still uh, going lost because uh, unanimous definitions miss. Um, we need all participants in, in sectors and supply chains um, to act. Uh, we need China to act. I mean, that's old news, but very, very true. And we need more bold leaders that really say, I'm going to set an objective. I have no clue how I'm actually going to achieve it because that comes alongside with it. But I'm going to set it because it's so important and I'll make it work whilst inventing solutions that we need more. So you mentioned bold leadership there, Margaret. What other traits for leaders would you say are the most important in this regard? Well, it's very important that they are open-minded uh, and able to acknowledge that there's actually things they don't know. Uh, and that might sound like an easy thing and an open door, but it's actually quite important that they are able and willing to do so. It is important that they are able and willing to collaborate uh, in a broader ecosystem than just their own company and that they set the example for others in that sense. It's very important that they're consistent. I mean, it's a tough journey. It's not easy at all. And you have to be uh, persevering throughout all the hurdles. So they have to be able to demonstrate that. And they have to be trustworthy. That's the most important thing. People need to be able to trust such a leader and acknowledge that things are different and celebrate successes and enable people to learn and also fail uh, throughout the journey because, you know, without failure, we don't achieve anything. You know, th this idea, I suppose, of the pressure that leaders will feel from stakeholders, I think during, uh, at the end of the masterclass, during the panel discussion, one of the panelists specifically mentioned the idea that while they do want to change things in their organization, there is this, you know, idea that stakeholders maybe are kind of pressuring them to do it faster than they are willing to. So how do leaders manage that kind of stakeholder relationship to kind of project the fact that progress is happening, but at the same time that things can't just fl be flipped overnight? Well, we be open about it and share not only the destination, but also the journey. If you uh, share openly, depending, of course, on who the stakeholder in, in question is, but if you share openly what things you are up against and uh, preferably also how these stakeholders can help achieve the journey faster by their help than on your own, that helps a lot. I often see that people think, oh, I have to... Uh, you know, uh, uh, communicate um, the result when it's there. No, you have to share the journey as well. And, and also the, the pluses and the minuses of decisions along that journey. Sometimes uh, the downside of taking a decision too fast um, can be understood by stakeholders. So, so share that. that would I, that's what I would say. In general, if you have shareholders that want you to move faster, it's a helpful thing because you can use it internally to uh, share with anybody, this pace is good, 
but our stakeholders want us to go even faster and mobilize motivation in that way. So to a certain level, I would be happy with those kind of uh, stakeholders. Of course, in the past, we had shareholders that were at a lower pace. Nowadays, that's also changing. Uh, and stakeholders that were pushing on the brake, and if they're now pushing on the green gas, so to say, in that sense, that's a good thing, and, and use it to your advantage. Exactly, yeah, and there does seem to be a lot more, I suppose, knowledge and momentum around uh, sustainability these days, obviously, and it's, it's really picking up a lot of steam. You mentioned uh, during the masterclass that you were working on a new book, which um, focused on the use of technology for green initiatives. I'm curious just to ask, how can leaders and their organizations leverage technology to be at the vanguard, I suppose, of this this kind of green industrial revolution, if we want to call it that? Uh, Regardless of the sector you're in, by now we have so many advanced technologies uh, that are a mixture and a blurred combination of digital and physical technologies. And these technologies have the power to accelerate and to scale solutions much quicker than we can without them and offer many business opportunities for companies. Until recently, you know, we we regarded uh, advanced technologies as something for the tech sector. There you have the six big tech companies and, of course, loads of, of, of technical startups. But by now, um, they're at the foundation of, of many different sectors and are relevant for every single company. And I did the book to um, demonstrate to um, all my business readers and, and other interested people how actually technology can leverage your uh, business for good in every single sector and to explain how each and every advanced technology helps in that sense, because most people are not aware or don't know enough about it or reports and and books are so complex that they can't digest that. So I wanted to make it accessible for a broad number of people and, and demonstrate use technology to boost your business and to scale up your sustainable solutions or and or innovate them regardless what sector you're in fantastic yeah and that seems to be a very a very interesting path to go down seeing as companies are now much more technologically fluent than they were say even two years ago with the amount of transformation that's gone on i just want to thank you again for your time today i really really appreciate it well it was my pleasure david <laughs>